All right, podcast mode. Podcast mode. Short podcast today, hopefully. Um, appreciate everybody at Pivot Socks. Go to getpivot.com. That's G E T P Y V O T.com. Use the promo code Sneak Disc Podcast. Get yourself a discount and free shipping. Uh, summer is coming, man. If your socks ain't the right level, you're going to get clowned on. I'm telling you. All right, Pivot got a lot of dope designs and stuff like that. I know some of you guys like. They also got the solids for the OGs like myself. You know what I mean? I, I you know, I, I like to have my socks at certain lengths with certain sneakers. You wear your no-shows with your Vans and, your, you know, you wear your, your ankles with your Dunks and some of your Jordans. And then you may have to wear some of your highs, you know, when you put on the, the Cortezes. You know, I may have to crip walk somewhere. I don't know. But if I have to crip walk somewhere, my socks is going to be pivot and they're going to be pulled up high. Do you understand that? Use the promo code sneak this podcast. Like I said, go to getpivot.com. That's G-E-T-P-Y-V-O-T.com. Don't make me crip walk in this joint. Uh, shout out to the homies over at Sneak Apparel as well. Like I said, summertime is coming. Your shirt is right. Your pants is right. And your sneakers is right. But is your stunners right? Is your stunners right? Is your stunners right? Use the promo code for this. That's the number four with D-I-S-S. Go to the website. You see it on the screen. Go there. Get you some stunners. These are the brown tortoises. They got black. But make sure your stunners is right when the sun is out. Uh, shout out to the homies over at Crucial Vision. Hey, man. Support small businesses, man. They support the podcast. I appreciate them constantly, you know, uh, supporting the podcast over the years. You know, they've sent me a couple shirts. They just dropped the new Rodman shirt. That joint is fire. You like the worm, you like colors on your shirt and stuff like that, man, get your shirt, man. Go to Crucial Vision, man. Check out their IG page, you know, hit the link in the bio and go copy some, you know what I mean? Um, tomorrow will be seven years of doing this podcast. Um, obviously, you see us still in the closet, uh, you know, still in the closet doing the podcast. You know, that is, pause. Um... I want to make sure I, I want thing clear, you know, people, Georgia made the comment to me about it. People saying it to him and obviously people posted it and people have said it to me. It is this transition right now that we're doing or this little break or pause, whatever this may be or whatever this turns out to be. It has nothing to do with George and I. And I mean, as far as relationship, George is my brother, like like actual brother. I consider George like my older brother. Like we're almost the same person. A lot of times he's, fat and white and i'm short and black you know um ain't got nothing to do with that it's just that we're very very busy you know like i said tomorrow will be seven years and that's seven years of waking up at 3 30 in the morning putting in a 10 hours at work and then going straight to the podcast studio and then coming home at around 9 30 10 o'clock at night you know what i mean i know i've said this before on the podcast numerous times i know but um you know, waking up at 3.30 and coming home at 9.30, 10 o'clock for seven years, it wears on you, you know, a little bit. And, you know, George has the same thing. He's married and, you know, he has other things that he could be doing with his time just as well. You know, he gets to work at his time and he puts in the same hours as me. You know what I mean? And it's it's not easy, but there's never and never will be any beef with George. Me and George still go to lunch every Friday. That's my dog. Like, that's, like I said, George is like my older brother. You know what I mean? It got nothing to do with it. It's just, you know, it may be time to move on. It may be time to transition to this permanently. I don't know. 
you know, I'm thinking maybe we'll do the podcast, me and George together once a month. And I just do, you know, two or three times a month in the closet. I don't know. But, you know, the podcast is an extreme lot of work. You know, I'm just very appreciative of the people who support the show. And I'm very appreciative of those who look for the show on a weekly basis. You know, um, you know, like I said, you know, don't don't get it twisted. You know, first of all, my wife would kill me if me and George had beef and his wife would kill him if we had beef and my wife would kill George if we had beef and his wife would kill me if we had beef. Like it's, I love George to death and I love his wife to death and his family. And, you know, we spend some Thanksgivings together, you know, it's like, stop. Like, so, you know, for those who are questioning, I'm not like accusing anybody. I'm not saying somebody says something bad and this isn't like a, a PR. I'm not, you know, trying to get in front of this or nothing. I'm just letting you guys know, you know what I mean? You guys are fam to us. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you guys are like distant relatives. Dis, D-I-S-S, dent relatives, fam. Possible merch, be on the lookout. Um, But yeah, seven years, you know what I mean? So, but let's do this podcast. Uh, Pickups today. Um, So a lot of pickups that I don't know if we mentioned I feel like we mentioned them when we actually copped, but like, you know, a lot of them came in today. So I guess technically these pickup uh, unboxings. Um, so I got one, two, three, four, four unboxings. And it's actually more because we also got gold bullets. George and I got gold bullets today. We also got um, our 88s. I'm sorry. Well, they call 88 reimagined threes, whatever. Um, got those today. And uh, I think that was it for what I'm not going to show. I've already showed those on the podcast. I mean, you guys don't need to see me unbox a gold bullet 97. You already know. And I unboxed um, the pair that I copped on the shock shock drop from my son of the uh, reimagined threes. So I'm not going to unbox those. But I do have a few that I want to unbox. And uh, the first one. And we're going to talk about that Jordan SB. Uh, Jordan 4. We're going to talk about that today because a lot of y'all wilding out there. Like, don't get it twisted. Them joints is fire. But, uh, uh, I'm sorry. They are hype. You know, and I'm okay with people calling them fire. But, like, I don't know. Like, they just not fire to me. I could think of maybe 15 to 20 Jordan 4s that are better than those to me. But don't, I don't want to jump the gun. Uh, Seafoam Oil Green 4s. I don't know what these are. The official nickname call. I think the box says oil green on it. It could say seafoam green. I don't know. Um, these are fire. I mean, these are extremely clean. This was a women's release. Um, I, I actually like these a lot. The leather, uh, it's good leather. You know, it's nothing to go, you know, scream to the mountaintops about. But um, it's good leather. I like the color. I think it's dope. I think any Jordan 4 with the black accent pieces and the black midsole and stuff like that makes it fire. They could have easily messed this one up. They could have made the midsole that green as well. It would have been done. It would have been cooked. It would have been whack. You know what I mean? But I do appreciate these, and I like these a lot. And I think this is going to be one of those Jordan 4s that, like, down the road you really, really appreciate. And, like, right now, I don't know what the resale prices are on these right now, but it's, like, one of those ones where it's, like, a year later you look and you'd be, like, 400 I'm telling you. Um, another four that we got, uh, George and I both got, was this, uh, I guess they're calling it the Craft 4. Um, 
I don't really care for these that much. Um, they're okay. I'm not mad at these. Um, obviously, this isn't like a. It's not debatable. Cool gray fours blow these out of the water. All right. I mean, not even close. Now, do these have some like cool little things about it? Sure. I like the suede mud guard in the front. You know, the suede eyelets. You know, the suede on the tongue. I am not a fan of this cracked leather in the back, but it's only on the inside of the shoe. So I guess the craft aspect of it is is more like it's patchwork. Uh, I think I would have appreciated the patches being different colors. Um, it's very muted. Um, this was a men's release, men's, women's kids, you know, whatever. It wasn't like a women's, but this to me screams more for women. Um, it's almost like cool gray four OGs are for men and craft fours are for women. These are very soft. Even the, um, what are the eyelets, the plastic eyelets right here that are, you know, obviously classic touches of the Jordan four. They're like a clear taupe, you know, it kind of looked like if they were, if they had came clear and they got yellow, they look a little vintagey, I guess. Um, this right here too is suede, you know, typically it would be the, the plastic netting that a Jordan 4 has, but this is all suede, which is, it's okay. Like I said, like it's, it's okay in hand. Um, you know, I, I would prefer a gray four to me. You know what I mean? I think gray four is just happening to blow these out the water. It just looked like, you know, yeah, that's all. That's all I'll say. Um, and we got the uh reverse Brazil dunk or Oregon dunk. I don't know. I guess they're not coming out with the Oregon dunk like I had mentioned last week. Um, we were told that there was an Oregon dunk coming out and it was gonna have the Oregon capital O with the duck like yelling out the low like the logo. Um, but I guess that didn't happen. So these are now referred to as Brazils, reverse Brazils. Um, they're fine. You know, um, just like, you know, everyone kind of says right now, it's like, I don't know if everyone says it, but it's what I'm saying. You know, you see one dunk, you've seen them all. Um, are these better than some other ones? No, you know, you know, what's funny is, is that like, even if you get a dunk, you get dunks and obviously they come in different colors and different color combinations and things like that. Some suede, some leather, majority suede now. I mean, sorry, majority of them leather now. This shoe could be pink and white and it would still look like it will look like yellow and green to me. Like you, these are so, these have flooded social media and sneaker outlets and, you know, just the general public you it's like you can't differentiate them anymore like you can't get excited about this like i can't imagine a dunk regular leather two-tone two colorways white midsole i can't imagine another uh, a dunk coming out and me going crazy for it like i can't imagine going need for a dunk ever again at least not not for the next 10 years um I think right now I'm sitting on, on about 11 pairs of, of like recent dunks like this, you know, ASUs and pandas and, you know, things like that. Um, but 
man, it's like it's legit. You see one, you see them all. You know, I'm not like I said. I'm not saying these are whack. It's just, you know, they they are they are what they are. Um, and this one is probably the one that I'm the most excited about out of all the ones we got. Um, it's a um, and we we actually ordered got about three or four other colorways too in these, but it's the 2002 R uh, protection pack. Um, you know, obviously Rico said these set the world on fire. Um, they didn't set the world on fire, but they definitely fire. Um, but this is the, I don't know what they want to call this berry pink colorway. I don't even know if it has a nickname or whatnot. Um, this is my first 2002 R model. Um, I've tried for other ones in the past. Um, obviously I didn't get them. I tried for the original protection pack, you know, when they drop, I didn't get them, but, um, these are really nice. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, I do worry that they're going to take the protection pack sort of uh, design schema a little too far on New Balance. You know, I do expect to see these on other models. We've already started to see it. Um, but I like these a lot, and I'm glad I have them. Like, I already know what I'm going to wear with this. I already know what I'm going to do with this. This is a, you know, easily a, you know, everyday rock sneaker you know what i mean the color is a little bit different but we also got the gray navy blue and a tan pair coming as well and you know these joints are legit fire i mean you're never gonna ever pick up a new balance and question the quality of it you know um there's i mean there may be one or two new balances out there right now that are like your um sort of your general release um staples right now you know you got some 550s you got some 327s you got some 57 slash 40s whatever that model's called you know they may have some bad materials on some of those but like you'll be far you know far in between to find the new balance and go ah you know the quality of this on bad but these right here these joints are fire man i already know what jeans i'm wearing with these i already know what t-shirt i'm wearing with these i wish i had got these in the winter time because you know, I, I got some sweaters that would have freaked these joints out. You know what I mean? But uh, shout out to the homie, man. Like, so, like, I really appreciate that. Uh, releases. Like I said, man, maybe a short episode, but I hadn't planned on recording today. And I was kind of at work like, man, I don't like doing that. There's some people that, you know, depend on this to get them throughout the day. And, you know, in my mind, because I know how I operate, I got a ton of podcasts that I listen to. So if one didn't record, I got others, but there are some that legit only listen to us on podcasts. And um, I really, really appreciate it. Like I said, tomorrow will be seven years of potting. Um, let's do these releases, fam. <clears throat> so um, I'll start with tomorrow. Um, I don't even see any of these released today, but it looks like two dunks released and a tiger stripe penny. I mean, my God, like what they're doing to the penny ones and penny twos is just absolute disrespect. Um, but starting tomorrow, let's see what we got here. And Diodorus, Milano and Diodorus. Hey, yo, these joints is fire. Um, so let's start with the 17th, which is tomorrow. Um, we got the 990 V6 Made in USA Baklava Action Bronson New Balance collaboration. Um, I wasn't too heavy on these. Like, I'll admit to you. Um, I appreciate the gradient sole, and I appreciate the mix-up of the color scheme. The model itself has never been, you know, a, a favorite of mine or 
you know, at least models similar to this one. I think the colorways sort of make it a little bit more wearable to me. Um, you know, we talked about this podcast before. Colorways can make whack models better. You know, it, it is possible. We've seen it numerous times. Um, and I think New Balance has probably been the masters of it. You know, you got your Ronnie Figs, your Packer, you know, you got, um, you know, concepts. There's a lot of people who can freak a specific shoe. There's a lot of Asics and stuff out there that, like, you wouldn't have even thought of, but Jound and Awake and stuff like that have, like, really, like, put a spin on them. Like, oh, them is kind of fire. Um, these Action Bronsons, they cool. Am I going to try for them? No. I'm going to try for Ryan. He said he needs, like, a minimum of four pairs. So I'm going to try for him if he reminds me. So um, also the Corduroy uh, Air Max 1 Premiums, they're, like, light blue. I mean, these joints is clean. You can't go wrong with them. Now, look, I don't need anybody out here, you know, if you like them, you like them. You know what I mean? You don't need to come up with these reasonings and these, yo, this is a summertime sneaker. Fam, any sneaker is for the summertime, all right? Like, you know, I've I seen people in the comments like, ooh, we're going to freak these in the spring. Fam, if you don't stop, buy the shoe and put it on your foot and shut up, all right? Yo, ooh, summertime brunch. What are you talking about? Like, just buy the shoe. I'm going to go ham at the brunch. All right, man. These joints is clean. They fire. I love the corduroy on all sneakers. Corduroy on sneakers. And I think this is for me. I'm not saying this is the first time it's ever been done, but the first time I ever seen it and paid attention and noticed it was when Sean Weatherspoon did the Air Max 97, you know, 90, whatever it is. Um, That was the first time I noticed corduroy on a sneaker you know what i mean and any ones that have corduroy after that i think i own one air max 97 that has corduroy on it copped it fire this air max one if you're an air max person and you love colors like that air max one person you like that color cop um this right here to me is a sleeper all right and this joint could possibly be a other brand sneaker of the year all right um it's a uh, Mizunu, I think that's how it's pronounced, Mizunu, you know, obviously they make baseball gloves and cleats and stuff like that, they're very baseball heavy, at least they used to be, but it's a Mizunu uh, collaboration with Maharishi, um, I hope I said that right, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, butcher someone's name, uh, Wave Rider 10 Fire Phoenix, it's like an olive color. Now, it has ASIC tones to it, which I really don't kind of like that because I think if I had to make the decision between, like, these and another ASICs, like a Jound or, a, um, you know, an Awake, like I mentioned earlier or something like that, I would probably cop those. I think Awake has an ASIC model. I would cop those probably over these, but I like these a lot. These joints are probably, you know, something you should have in your collection. I don't own any Mizunu um products anything baseball gloves cleats nothing like that but these joints are clean like i could see definitely see the homie mikey dab rocking these joints shout out to the camp out man follow him on social media that's my dog man like i haven't talked to him in a minute you know what i mean and i need to get him on the pod again but you know not somebody like no it's just there's not a lot of people that oh you know what let me go back to this real quick all right you know i put this post up earlier and i put it you know in the little um uh, DM stories, whatever that is. And I put it in the regular IG stories and whatnot. I, I want to make this clear. And I've said this on this podcast a few times in the past, and maybe I don't say it enough. And maybe it's something I need to start saying at the top of this show. If you tag me 
on any social media platform with regards to sneakers, something you rock in the day, a new pickup or your fit or something like that. I will reshare it in our stories on Instagram and I will retweet it on Twitter. I don't if you don't tag me or something like that, I'm not going to look for it. I don't scroll. It's rare that I scroll through IG and go, oh, that's a fire pick. Let me go ahead and share it. There are some that I do. Not going to lie to you. There are some that I do. But you know how Instagram and social media works. I don't see everybody's post. So, you know, I had a young lady today. Now, this is no fault to her. And it's why I made that post today. She said that I never post women. Now, here's the thing. Okay. I do post women every once in a while with sneaker stuff. Like I'll post like KB, shout out to KB. Um, you know, I'll, you know, sometimes post Ruby. If she posts something, she's rocking the day, you know, I'll post the homie Erica. If she's post something on Instagram or something, she's rocking the day. There's only a few women that I do repost and post their stuff on. Um, a lot of times, you know, and look, whatever the the goal of your picture is, like th this is the thing. And I'm not talking about swimsuits and lingeries and bikinis. Like I ain't jumping out the window like that. But some young ladies, when they post what they rock today, they're also showing like other things. Like it's like I can't tell if you posted this because you're rocking dope kicks or because you're looking thick today. Like I can't. I can't tell the difference and I'm just not going to be randomly posting that stuff. Now, not to say that it's a big deal or anything like that, but like, I don't want people thinking that of me. Like, yo, he posting that. Hey, look, I'm married. You know, George is married. We married. Now my wife knows better than that. You know, she knows, I'm, she knows better than that, you know, but it's still like, if you got your back turned or you, you got your 11 on the, on the bathroom sink, but you also got it just right to where you, you, you know, you're spilling off the sink. I'm not, I'm not resharing that. And I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I will say this. I just don't see a lot of pictures on my, I don't, I, I just don't notice it, but please tag me. Use the hashtag, the sneak disc. You know, I just recently noticed that, like, people sometimes use that. I don't get notifications on when people use it. Like, you'll scroll through the timeline, and I'll just see, like, highlighted hashtag the sneak disc. And I'm like, oh, shoot, the homies have been using the, um, cats have been using the hashtag, and I had no idea. Um, but, man, you know, tag us. I'm not like these other platforms, okay? Like, you know what? Uh, let me just touch on this before I finish releases, okay? I, I hate to break it up like this, but let me tell you something. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast, okay? The one thing I do appreciate about our podcast is the interaction that we do have with people. Like, I know I, I haven't been great at responding on uh, comments and stuff like on YouTube, but I'm going to do that today. I'm going to spend a good amount of time and going back to responding back um, as far back as three, four, five videos on some of the comments on YouTube because I do appreciate it. Some people ask questions. Some people make comments. Some people have opinions and stuff like that, and I need to get better at responding to those. Um, DMs, my DMs are always open. That's a fact. Like I respond to everybody may not be within an hour, may not be within a day, but you will get a response if I see it. Now, 
please bear with me. Some DMs get pushed down to the bottom as others come in. This podcast has done really well for itself, and I appreciate the communication and the memes and the news and the updates and the videos and things that people send on a regular basis. Like, I feel like I've developed, like, real internet homies on this month. I ain't calling everybody friends. Let's not get it twisted. We're still strangers. Some that have come in town to visit, I consider us homies. Those who have I talked about wife and kids and stuff like that with, we're friends. There are some that I consider fam. You know who you are. But if you don't tag me on your pics, I can't reshare it and post it. But please, if you send me something, ladies, if I, you send me something and you want a bikini and you got on Jordan ones, I ain't reposting it. All right. Because I don't have that type of page. But let me get back to what I was going to say. Sorry. You have to really think about like, it, just like scroll through Instagram, right? Find a picture of anybody posting their fit or posting their uh, sneakers or what they rock today. Just touch the screen. You touch the screen, all the things and all the people and all the companies pop up that they tag, right? They tag Nike. They tag, you know, uh, New Era. They tag, you know, if they want a babe shirt. They tag, you know, Levi's for the pants. They tag, you know, uh uh, Herschel for the, the, the side bag they rocking. They tag Carhartt for the socks they wearing. They tag, you know, whatever for the, the bracelet they rocking. They tag they they tag every single person that the, the the companies, they tag people who have platforms such as like myself, such as complex, nice kicks, BR kicks, etc. 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 They can't even get a like. Like you guys put in the effort to support these platforms and these companies and stuff like that, and you can't even get a like. Uh, you can't even get a, uh, forget a, a, a share. Forget a comment. Forget a DM. Forget a repost. You can't even get a like. You can always get a like from me. You can always get a share from me. You can always get a retweet from me if it's nothing crazy or if it's nothing weird. Even if your picture is whack, and even if I think it's whack, I'll still reshare it. I don't give a shite. Make new friends. Follow somebody new. But I need you to really think about that. I, I do it too. I know it. You post, you, you tag Nike, you tag Dunk as Nike SB, you tag Nike basketball, you tag that, you tag Adidas basketball, Adidas. You tag all these platforms. You can't get a, yo, them is clean. You can't get a like. You can't get a share in their stories. That's what's missing with a lot of stuff. See, sneakerheads are very, very sensitive human beings. All they need to know is that you care. Just a little bit. That's it. All we need to know is that you acknowledge that I took the money that I earned today and I chose to spend it with you this week. That doesn't matter to brands anymore. You know what I mean? That doesn't matter to companies. And I'm telling you, it could improve your company. It could improve how you're viewed in the streets. And I'm not going to say who I'm talking to in particular. A like goes a long way in the heart of a sneakerhead. I'm telling you that I'm talking specifically to some specific brands, specific groups. 
I'm talking about those who will forever be chasing Nike. Interaction with those who give you time is key. I don't care how big you are. I don't care if you got millions of followers. I think there's a rule with IG or something like that. Like you could only have like maybe 300 likes a day. Something crazy. And this could be OG rules. I don't know the new platform rules. Stuff changes on IG every day. You go look for something, how to share something. And now we've moved. We've moved what you're looking for. Tap here to learn more. <sighs> now I got to click this four times just to share this in my text message thread. Stop. Anyways. A like goes a long way. Back to releases. Um, looks like Puma is dropping a SpongeBob pack. Fam. You know what? Let me take a second to talk about this as well. <sighs> Nostalgia only applies to certain things. To me. I'm talking about to me. Okay. Nostalgia for me when it comes to cartoons and toys growing up and 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 movies and things like that. That nostalgia is like something that like has a special place in your heart. You know, it takes you back to, you know, um, waking up in the morning on Saturday and watching those cartoons with your bowl of cereal or, uh, you know, homesick from school. You know, everybody at school, you homesick today, but you get to watch all the cartoons, you know, throughout today until that, that weird period of the day when it becomes all talk shows. But you know what I'm saying? You know, them classic movies when you like, you know what? I just feel like watching Beverly Hills Cop today. I just feel like watching a Wesley Snipes movie. I just feel like watching a classic movie to take you back to simpler times when there was no one had a cell phone. That's a feeling that a lot of people can't experience. Now, back to Puma and SpongeBob. SpongeBob came out in 1999. Okay. Things like this should be marketed to kids. Okay. It should. The problem is, is that the kids today don't watch SpongeBob. Some do, some don't. But that's not their jam. A lot of these kids today don't even watch regular TV. Like, they don't even know what Nickelodeon is. They watch Netflix. They watch certain streaming shows and streaming cartoons and stuff like that. And, 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 and when I'm talking about cartoons, I'm talking about, like, your general release cartoons, like your American cartoons. I'm not talking about anime. Anime is a subculture, cult genre following. You know, you could make a, a Dragon Ball Z sneaker and, and, and people are going to want it. There's a specific group of, a large group of individuals who want it. There's no large group of individuals looking for SpongeBob. There's a select few. Now, if there was like a SpongeBob Croc, 
50 bucks, cool. I'm talking about $100 Pumas here. $100 plus Pumas. You know, uh, SpongeBob came out in 1999. So their market is probably those who watched it growing up during that time are probably in their 20s, mid-20s, early 20s, whatever. They're not walking around with SpongeBob Pumas on. They're not going to be feeling that nostalgia, seeing this going like, oh, man, I remember watching SpongeBob growing up. Let me spend $100 plus on sneakers so I could wear it as an adult and walk around with SpongeBob on my feet. That's not what it is. I will never understand these type of collaborations. I've seen Tom and Jerry. I mean, I don't know how many times people are going to use Grinch. I've seen, you know, I think Jetsons. I've seen Flintstone. I've seen these, you know, these extensions of cartoons. Some of these cartoons came out in like in the 60s. Tom and Jerry came out in like the 50s maybe. Even Mickey Mouse. The only plus of doing stuff with Mickey Mouse and Disney is is that Disney Disney still reigns supreme. Tom and Jerry doesn't. SpongeBob doesn't reign supreme. SpongeBob now is more popular for memes now than it is right now for the actual show. That's facts. But if you're coming out with a Tom and Jerry collaboration sneaker or Jetsons or Flintstones or He-Man or, you know, Transformers, uh, Thundercats, all these classic cartoons, that means you're marketing for people that are in their 40s and 50s, some in their 60s and 70s. People don't realize how old Tom and Jerry is. Like. Why would you make this? Why would you bother with this collaboration? You're marketing to 50-year-olds if you're making a, a Garfield shoe. Huh? Like Puma and Adidas at times. You, you got to use your brand wisely. You can't possibly tell me that these are bangers, you know, when it comes to selling sneakers. Oh, a SpongeBob. Fam, there's one. Hold on. There's one. Two, three, four. Looks like four SpongeBob sneakers in this pack. Come on, man. Stop. Um, we got, looks like a question low. <sighs> question low rec center. Lord have mercy. I mean, if Reebok doesn't care about themselves, why should I? Um, there's a Adidas, uh, superstar. Oh, you know what? I think this is a campus. It's a collaboration, Casina collaboration and, uh, times Kim Jung-ji. Um, it's kind of a cool looking shoe. I think, uh, the homie Josh has sent it to me the other day. Um, I'm not familiar with whatever this art says. It's called the master with friends. Eh, looks like a Bruce Lee type kill bill type thing. Don't know the correlation, but I'm not mad at it. But they're not getting my money. Um, we also got a Soulbox collaboration, which I'm a little... Um, I'm not intrigued by the shoe, but I'm glad to see Soulbox doing an Adidas collaboration with the Ultra Boost uh, silhouette again. But this is a Soulbox times... Looks like uh, Ilya Goldman Gubin. Fam, all these double collaborations, I, I don't see the value in it. I don't understand it. Soulbox, 
Ilya Goldman Gubin times Ultra 40 called Two Decades of Shared. I don't know. Something. Uh, goat cut off the rest of it. But obviously your your uh, nickname of the shoe is too long if it can't fit in the gold app. Now, look, this is just an all white and, you know, looks like a sandish ultra boost with 4D. No stripes on it, uncaged. Obviously, Soul Box Uncaged is one of, if not the greatest ultra boost of all time from that block of time when ultra boost ran the streets. They did at one point, so don't even don't do that. Um, I don't know. Cop at your own risk. These joints are probably about 250, 280. Um, anything 4D is mad overrated. 4D is not comfortable. Um, 4D should have stayed something special. Like, it was like a specialty thing that only a certain amount of people have. Now 4D, and you can get 4D at the outlet. You can get 4D anywhere. It's They, they threw 4D on everything, and it did not work. Uh, we also got, looks like, um, a Jordan 1 High Retro Skyline. It's like a gradient Jordan 1 high. There should have been a kids too. It goes from like, I think it's supposed to be like the skyline of Chicago, the sunset, you know, the different colors of the sky when the sun is setting. It's like from blue to purplish to orangish, reddish, fades away. Um, no, this is not worth my money. Um, we also got a few Adidas Invisible collaborations. We got a, a Donovan Mitchell uh, four semi mint rush. I mean, the shape of this shoe is is embarrassing. Now, let me tell you something though: Adidas basketball sneakers and retros and stuff they got coming out, the shapes and stuff, fire. The new, um, uh, the new, what's his cat name? Can you think of his name? Uh, the new Donovan Mitchell's, fire. The new Dame, fire. There's some fire coming out with that, that Adidas basketball. Is it going to hit in the streets? I don't know, but I'm liking what they're doing. Um, we also got, looks like, a Cross Trainer 3 Low. Cross Trainer 3 Lows are fire. Um, would I recommend paying retail for them? No, but if you could always get yourself, get your hands on a pair of these trainer lows, you cop. I got about three pair. I got like an Ohio State pair, I think. I got the OG Turquoise and Silver pair. And I might have an all white and gray pair. I think I've only worn the Ohio ones once. But these are the fire. This is like something that you should always have in your collection. Especially if you've been collected for a long time. Um, no joints is fire. Uh, we also got, looks like a, uh, a Campus 80 uh, Youth of Paris collaboration. Don't know what that means. Obviously, I'm a citizen of Paris because it's the greatest country in the entire world to me. Um, you know, obviously, uh, besides the United States of America. But, you know... There's a lot of pressures coming with living in the United States of America that I didn't feel when I was in Paris. Now, granted, I was on vacation, but it freed my spirit. Uh, we got the LeBron. Actually, you know what? Is this coming out this week? Let me check this calendar. Um, 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about it just in case I don't do an episode next week. Um, we got, obviously, the, we got the Zoom Generation Retro. Um, this is the very first LeBron, you know, uh, the Zoom Generation. It's the very first colorway that he played in the game against Sacramento in 2003. Um, this joint is fire. I mean, Zoom Generations are the in the top three, top five of all LeBron models. Um you know, if there's a pair you're going to own, this would be one of them. I think the only, I think this pair, the white and black home, and then um, the black pair, I think those are the ones that you should own in Zoom Generations. I have the black pair and I have the white pair. Um, I have the OG originals of those two. Um, am I going to go for these? No. Um, you know, if they sit for a while on some sites or something like that and go on sale, I'll probably cop just to have. But I, I have no place for these in my closet, you know, just because. You know what I mean? Uh, but these joints are fire. And then last but not least, on Monday next week, and maybe this weekend. I don't know. Let me see if these come out this weekend on Sneakers app. Um, it says the 20th, but obviously these dates on here could be wrong or could also be some overseas dates. Um, let me see. I got my notifications on. Oh, okay. So it looks like it comes out on sneakers on the 21st, but it looks like it releases everywhere else, maybe on the 20th, but the Jordan Ford Nike SB, whatever. Um, look, man, they're not whack, but I, I'm not mad if somebody calls them fire, but these joints are mid at best to me. Um, you know, somebody had put a post up recently, like a comparison of these in comparison to a regular Jordan four, you know, obviously when you look at them just from your side view, you really can't tell what's special about them. Um, to me, Jordan fours are just something that I just don't put on and walk around in on a regular basis. I, I'm just too old for it. Uh, they're just not a shoe like, yo, we going out, you know, about to go head to the mall. Let me throw my Jordan. It's just not. It's a rare occasion when I do something like that, and I'm just feeling real good that day. Like, let me go ahead and throw this bread four on. Let me go ahead and throw this lightning on. You know what I mean? Uh, let me throw this fire red four on. I have no place, and I haven't moved, and I haven't participated in any raffle for these Nike SBs. Now, I did ask two people. I asked two people that I consider plugs for them. Do I want them? Sure. I mean, I got a lot of other stuff in here. Like, I don't think they're whack. Like, I love the Nike SB on the back, which is honestly really the selling point of these. Um, you know, and they said, like, yo, I got you. Cool, I cop. I didn't fill out a single raffle. I didn't fill out anything. I may try on sneakers just because I had the ability to return it if I get it and I don't like it. Um, but the colorway is fine. I don't think it's anything to, like you know, scream at the moon at, um, or shout to the heavens about the Nike SB is the only reason why I would want these. Um, these four has extra padding around the tongue, which is, I mean, sorry, around the neck of the shoe and maybe a little bit in the tongue around the collar of the shoe. Um, look, it, just off top of my head, right? You know, and I wrote this down. Because I had this conversation with the homie Mike Rich. Shout out to the homie Mike Rich. Um, I got to get him on the podcast. Like, I, I know I'm being incredibly selfish by just randomly recording the podcast when I want to and not having a set time to give other guests the ability to call in and be on the show. But I just 
right now, like I said last week, I'm just being really selfish with my time. My time has become extremely valuable to me as I got older and with work. And like right now at work, you know, I talked about it, you know, having a new position at work. Um, you know, I've always been pretty high up at work, but like I'm even higher up. And then right now I'm like almost at, I'm like top person now, you know, admin right now acting in place while the other admin is, you know, out for a while. Um, so like my responsibilities have legit tripled, you know, um, quadrupled, you know, it, 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 it's through the roof right now. So podcast priority, I don't have the bandwidth, the brain power right now to go to the studio and set up five cameras and make sure the lights are right and, and, and make sure everybody's in a good mood and, you know, get the podcast rolling and do graphics and video and edit, you know, it's hard work. Um, but shout out to homie Mike Rich. I told him, I said, man, there's 15, 20 Jordan 4s that are better than this. To me. Okay? Now, like I said, I'm not sitting there telling you that these is whack. These joints is aight. Are they worth 225 230 I don't know about that. If I seen them posted somewhere for about 167 23 copped. 167 24 I gotta sleep on it. 167.25. No look pass. I'm gonna put on the screen the sneakers, right? I made this list off top of my head. I didn't look on an app. I didn't look on nothing. I made this list off top. And I'm gonna go through these and I'm gonna make that determination for myself and this moment. Which one do I think is better? The Jordan 4 SB. Or previous Jordan Force that are better. Because, you know, I was told, and, 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 and it ain't just Mike Rich. I seen cats like, yo, these is top 10 Jordan 4 all time. All time. These are top five Jordan 4s all time. I have seen it on Twitter. I have seen it. I'm gonna go like in five fives. So, you know, I'm gonna put the graphic on the screen. I'm gonna put like five sneakers. This is in no order. This is in no reason. Um, it looks like I thought about OGs first. But I'm gonna put the Jordan SB, and I'm gonna put the five in comparison to, and I'm which one is better. And you could do this along with me while you watch this podcast or listen to this podcast, right? The first one, I mean, I'm gonna just say these how they are. So the bread four, absolutely not. You can might as well just a clean sweep with OG Jordan fours in regards to this Jordan four SB. This Jordan 4 SB in comparison to a Jordan 4, not even close. Bread 4, I'm sorry, Bread 4, Bread 4 blows this SB 4 out the water. White Cement 4 blows these joints out of the atmosphere. Fire Red 4s blow the, and these are all OGs I would consider with like Nike Air on the back. Just like these got Nike SB on the back. Fire Red 4s are better than these. To me. Military blue fours with the Nike Air on the back? Blow these out of the water. And if you disagree, you're smoking Chernobyl soil. Cool gray fours are better than these. Cool gray fours are the number one Jordan 4 of all time to a lot of people. They're definitely in the top three to a lot of people. And they're definitely in the top five, top, top ten Jordan fours of all time to a lot of sneakerheads. Now, I wasn't one of them. I didn't have faith in Jordan 4 uh, and, and Cool Gray 4s. I didn't. 
And then the homie Blanc put the white laces in it. I went and copped immediately. George has uh, Cool Gray 4s high. High on his list of Jordan 4s. High. I think he got it at number three. but Behind White Cements. High. And then he got them and then he sold them. Mm, 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 mm. Next group of five. Black Cat 4s. Jordan 4 SBs are not better than Black Cat 4s. Now, I will tell you this. Black Cat 4s, widely disrespected, and I think throughout the years. I think when they originally came out, it was dope to see an all-black Jordan 4. Cool, people copped, people raved, people loved it. When that joint released again, nobody cared for that joint. That joint was at stacked, stacked on boxes at the outlet. At some point, and you know what it is? Let me talk about this. So many bad colorways in Jordan 4s and other sneakers just in general come out that when you go back and look at the ones that you may have disrespected like last year or two years ago or five years ago, they, they get bumped up. You'd be like, oh, you know what? With all these ridiculous colorways they're coming out with, these Black Cat 4s are, are, are insane fire. Black Cat 4s may go for about $700, $800 right now. And them joints were piled at the outlet. Not stacked on shelves. Not nicely in the corner. They were piled. That's how many outlets had. These are facts. I went to the outlet, saw them, and said, I'm good. Now, sad. Lightning 4s. Don't even try it. Don't even try it. There was a period of time where Lightning 4s were rumored to retro, no joke, every year for the last, like, 15 years. That's no joke. I think every single year the last 15 years, Lightning 4s were rumored to retro. They finally did in 2021, 2022, and you cats disrespected them. Lightning 4s are still upper echelon in the Jordan 4s. To me. So I will not listen to anybody say that this Jordan 4 SB is better than a Lightning 4. Cut it out. Thunder 4s. Look, I've disrespected Jordan, Jordan 4 Thunders twice. Had them, the originals. Fire. Sold them. Copped a retro. Waited, waited in line for these. Waited in line. Must cops. Me and George got them, rocked them a couple times, sold them, disrespected them. I'm going to give the edge to Jordan 4 SBs against Thunder, but it's barely. And I'm probably still disrespecting Thunders, but it's barely I'm going to give the edge to the Jordan 4 SB. Uh, I got two or fours down here. Stop. Tour fours still need the retro, and I'm not that high on them like a lot of other people. Shout out to Rico. Rico was really, 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 really high on tour fours. Um, when tour fours first came out, them joints were fire. When tour fours, thunders and lightnings first came out back, and I'm talking OG days, it was just crazy to see a Jordan in other colors that weren't like your standard 
something about and and I mean I stand there like that wasn't your Bulls colorways, it wasn't your North Carolina colorway, and it wasn't like you know uh, all black or all white. These joints were yellow, a yellow Jordan. Man, we lost our minds when them joints first came out. That's facts, and we couldn't believe it. Tour yellows falls into that. Tour yellow, if they retro these, I guarantee the, ye- the the leather would be premium. Tour fours are better than Jordan four SBs. I'm not telling you not to cop Jordan four SB. I'm not telling you that Jordan four SBs aren't dope. I'm just saying, relax. Oreo fours, stop. Disrespect it. Black with the, the cement? Oreo fours have never had bad leather. The original or the OG. The old I mean sorry, the retro. The retro might have had better leather than the OG, and that's no joke. That's how good it was. Did I disrespect them and sell them? Yes. I probably sold them to simple. Why? Because I'm stupid. Cos fours. <laughs> Alright, next group. Next group of next group of five. Cos fours. I'm going to give the edge to Jordan 4 SB against Cos 4s. Um, Cos 4s in hand, incredible might not be the right word. I had black Cos 4s and I traded them and like 400 bucks for off white OG Presto 10s. Um, On foot, I've never seen a Cos 4 gray or black on foot from anybody and thought them joints look fire. No one. Um, I think... The, the monochrome, it was too much of a good thing. It had the print of like, the, you know, the classic Cos logos and shapes and whatnot characters. And then it had this premium suede that was either gray or black. Um, they weren't easy to wear. Not at all. Um, so I'm gonna give the edge to the Jordan 4 SB on those. Off-White 4. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Off-White 4s like everybody else, but I can acknowledge fire when I see it. Um, I don't think I could pull off Off-White 4s like I see others. I've seen people rock them and put together some dope fits. Um... I'm going to give the edge to the off-white four um, over these because, you know, I think the color is better. I think the uh, difference of materials is better. And I think you could do a lot more with these than you could these Jordan 4 SBs. I'm not a super high person on off-white fours, but I know I recognize fire when I see it. Um, Calf fours. Calf fours is another one that's ridiculously disrespected by a lot of people um when they originally first came out you know we all thought they were nicks you know nicks fours but you know obviously that changed up later down the road they were you know i guess supposed to be representation of you know calf fours you know um you know him making that at the buzzard shot you know on the calves you know over elo um calf fours you know what's crazy is like after all these years people still remember how calf fours smelled it's a smell that you'll never forget. I think there are some Jordan 4s that have released later, you know, like infrared 6s that still had like a hint of that smell. But Calf 4 smelled so bad that me and George had to put him in the trunk. We couldn't have him in the car. We were getting a headache 
That's no joke. I don't know if it was the materials, the glue. I don't know what it was on calf fours, but we had to put them joints in the trunk. When you wore calf fours on your feet, you could smell them up to you. Now, I'm short, so the smell didn't have to go too high. But I'm telling you, you could smell it as you walked. These are facts. I wore calf fours before and heard other people go, what's that smell? Is that a gas leak? The smell was like no other. But I'm going to give the slight edge to the Jordan 4 SB. Um, calf 4s were disrespected and like highly revered now. Um, but I sort of view them on the same plane as like Thunders. There's something about them you love and appreciate. But you just really don't know why. You don't really know why I, I really don't know why if they retro calf fours, i cop immediately what what zero hesitation i cop immediately and i don't know why um but i'm gonna give this light edge to the jordan 4 sb i'm a manier four um now look this is what's funny about I'm a Manier Force, right? And this just shows like sneaker climbing and sneaker heads and stuff like that. You guys really jump out the window on certain things. Like I'm talking like head first, just straight to the pavement on certain things. Jordan 4 I'm a Manier in hand quality. I mean, fire. The weight of them, fire. The materials, fire. The 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 shades and the fire. But them joints are impossible to wear. I have yet ah seen one. Shout out to Marky. I like what he was wearing with him. Now he was wearing the Ama Manier Jordan bun down bowling shirt with it, which is sort of a cheat code. Um But I thought Ama Manier threes were hard to wear. Amamanier 4s are harder to wear than Amamanier 3s. It's too much of whatever color that is, that ore, ore maroon, ore brown, whatever you want to call it. It's too much. It's hard to wear. I'm going to give the edge to the Jordan 4SB on these. Okay. Now, like I said, I thought this list off the top of my head. I personally think there are 15 to 20 Jordan 4s that are better than this, but as I'm going through the list, hey, we all can't be right all the time. But I'm going to give the edge over the Amamanier 4 to the Jordan 4 SB. Doran Becker 4. Oh, the Doran Becker 4 has a crazy sort of like... A crazy sort of history. Um... You know, if you had to make a list of the best Doran Becker sneakers out of the entire collection maybe i'll do that for a top 10 next episode um the doran becker 4 would definitely be in that list the doran becker 4 oh gosh like when it first pictures leaks whatever we couldn't believe it we thought it was one of the wackest things we had saw and i would say this majority of people thought it was whack majority I remember when I saw that joint, right? I remember I got out of a training class um, and I was in Scottsdale and I was like, man, I got it a little bit early. You know, I had some time to kill. I was like, let me go ahead to Nike Scottsdale and, 
you know, just kind of browse, you know. I think I was, you know, looking at phone posits or something. That's when phone posits were on the shelves and fire phone posit colorways. All right, I don't mean like this weird, lame stuff they're coming out with now. I mean fire, you know, phone posit colorways on the shelf. And I remember Darnell Dockett was in there. Darnell Dockett, you know, played for the Arizona Cardinals, played for, uh, I think, the Houston Texans, maybe a couple teams, right? He was in there. You know, of course, it's Darnell Dockett, you know, Arizona Cardinal. You get a little special treatment. Because I know for a fact, if I would have went in Nike and asked, could I see the DB4? They would have said no. But they brought it out for him to look at. Probably put his on to the side as well. When I saw that joint, he was looking at it. I said, like, oh, let me go ahead and take a look. Fire. There's a lot of additional things on a DB4 that you, you couldn't tell in a picture. Um, there's a lot of detail and stuff on a DB4 that you didn't notice that you may not have ever seen yet before. There are some people that have still never seen a DB4 in hand and really got to take a look at it and really appreciate it. Um, has it aged well, though? I don't know. Um, a DB4 today could be looked at as really tacky. And I say that with all due respect. And it was sort of made tacky. It's a DB. It's from a kid. But I mean, DB4s weren't considered tacky for those who wanted them or wore them. And this is a sneaker that reached, you know, $1,200, I think, at one point. Maybe even a little bit more at one point. Um, I don't know where they sit right now, but they got to be still pretty high. I'm going to give the edge to the DB4, but they didn't age well. I don't think I could walk around right now wearing a DB4. 10 years ago, eight years ago, whatever it was, <laughs> need. All right, need. But today, I, I think I could freak a SB4 more than I could a DB4 today. So uh, today, so I'm going to give the edge to the DB4 because, like I said, it's in the top three, top four, five of just all DB models, um, DB creations, but, you know. I'm being a little bit biased on this. I'm going to give it to the DB4. Um, the next five, and then this is the last five I'm going to probably do. Um, the Union 4 OG. Now, this one has a kind of a weird history to it. I'm going to just note the nor Noir colorway, the black one. Um, you know, when these originally came out, it was like, huh? It essentially looked like a low top four. Um, I really don't know how to describe how we felt about it. You know what I mean? Like it was the tongue being sewn down. The tongue was like bent in half and sewn down. It threw so many of us for a loop that you just couldn't really focus on how the shoe looked itself. Now there were a lot of people who were like, these are fire no matter what, right off the bat. Obviously, Cat started getting them in hand and started cutting the tongue. Look, it's still a pair that I want to this day. Uh, did I wait too long? Of course. I think the prices on those are probably in the thousands right now, maybe. Um, even if they're not in the thousands, I'm not paying $800, $700 for a Jordan 4. Not today. I'm not. Um, I don't wear OGs enough. OGs will be better than every single Jordan 4, period. But I don't wear OGs enough to like justify paying 700 800 for a Union 4. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know how much I love that black Union 4. Love it. I like all the, the Union 4s, but the black one is that one. Until you see it in hand and see how thick and that canvas and that suede and those materials. And when you 
cut the tongue and flip it back up, that joint, fire. That joint is undeniable fire to me. I'm picking the Union 4 over the SB4. Um, it's just a better sneaker. I don't know the quality yet on this SB4. I don't know yet. I know the quality on that Union 4, and it's second to none. Like, it, it, it is ridiculously dope to me. I love the perforated tongue, too. A lot of people hated that. I loved it. Um, Fear 4. I'm going to give this the edge. No, it's not even a slight edge. I, I would pick the Jordan 4 SB over Fear 4. Fear 4, um, when the Fear Pack first pictures first began to come out, it was the 5, it was the 4, it was the 3, and I think that was it. There may be another one. I could be wrong. I don't know, but, you know, hey, I'm sure you'll let me know. Fear 4 and Fear 3, it was the 3, 4, 5. The three and the four garnered the much the most attention. The fear five was like a moss looking color uh, olive. No thanks. Um, it had like a red air bubble unit. It just didn't look too good. It looked rough and it looked heavy. The four, I'm sorry, the the three, I'm sorry, the four was like a gradient of black and gray. Immediately, everyone fire. That was the one that everybody liked. And the three was sort of like an ash gray with a little bit hints of orange and some, uh, I think maybe some cement or elephant. I don't remember what, safari maybe on it. I can't remember what material or print they used on it. If any, maybe they didn't. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I think maybe cement, I, I, whatever. When I saw the Fear 4 in person at, uh, what's that scammer place called again? Pound for Pound. Um... I was like, oh, yeah, no, these suck. Highly overrated. Shout out to Mike Rich. He said the same thing, and I agree with him. Jordan 4 fears are extremely overrated. Um, SB4 blows these out of the water to me. You could just do more with the SB4 than you can with these, than the Fear 4s. Some people would disagree with this. The Fear 4, I think, is all suede and stuff like that. And, you know, they're really high resale-wise. But I don't, the shape is off. I think it's because of the materials. It's, it's just, no. It was an interesting pack, and I liked the pack. I appreciated the pack and the thought behind it. Um, but, you know, the 3 probably is the one that, uh, age the best out of all of them, and they're getting ready to retro that again, I believe, this year. And even the three sucked. Like, honestly, the entire pack sucked. I like the idea, and I like the effort into it. I didn't care for the pack. Um, Military Black Force. Military Black Force came out last year. Look, if you like Military Force, the OG Blue, Military Blues, stop, okay? Military Black Force, clean. I'm going to give the edge to Military Black Force over the SB4. Sort of have a little bit of similar, like, blocking, you know. Instead of the green from the SB4, it's black on the military black. You know, got the same gray mud guard. Um, you know, but I, these ones are the even beat up. That's the one thing about military blues and military blacks. Beat up and dirty, they're fire. Probably the same thing with the SB4 because it is a skate shoe. And, you know, typically with a lot of skate shoes, they have a history of, like, growing better with age. You know, no matter what the bruises, the scars, the battle wounds on them, they seem to look better. I'm going to give the edge to um, the Military Black 4 because I like it better. I considered it one of, if not the Jordan of the year last year. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of other people did as well. Uh, the next one I got is PSG 4. 
Um, these were real sleepers when they came out in 2021. I think it was 2021. Um, they were super sleepers. 2021, 2020, I don't remember. Um, you know, when pictures came out, you saw, oh, okay, you know, purple, cool. But when you got them in hand, they were really, really nice. Um, the leather on them was like ridiculously good. The purples meshed well with the the black and the white. And then the back tab had a, a special Paris tag. You know, PSG representing the soccer team. Like, um, really, really loved them. And they were highly disrespected when they first came out. Georgia and I both had a pair. Um, but I think I'm going to give the edge to the SB4. I like the green better than that purple. It wasn't like a purple. It was like a mulberry or something. I just always wanted to say mulberry without reading it off the box or something. It was like a you know, a, a grape soda, you know, it wasn't too dark and it wasn't too light. It was like a cross between a, you know, purple burgundy maroonish, you know, um, you know, honestly, I want to say a tie, but I'm going to give it to the, the SB4. Um, the gum bottom to me is probably the defining factor between those two. Um, and then, you know, I put Travis four or Levi four. Um, I'm going to give the edge to the SB four over the Travis. I don't think Travis has aged too well. I think the allure of the Jordan one and how significant the Travis Jordan 1s have been um, when it comes to his partnership with Nike. They've made the Travis 6s and the Travis 4 forgotten. Don't mean that they're whack. They're just sort of forgotten. Um, obviously, great looking sneaker. You know, obviously, an ode to Houston, the Houston Oilers, you know, where Travis is from. Um, but... You know, even if I had to rank the Travis's sneakers, I don't know where I would have the four. Um, it's not a lot you can do with it. It's an all light blue sneaker with black midsole, I believe, with red speckles on it. Um, it's a cool concept and it's fun. And I think it was a great introdu introduction to uh, Travis and, you know, sneakerheads with regards to his uh, partnership with Nike. Um, but I would probably if i was given the option and regardless of resale and stuff like that i would choose the sb4 over the travis um and then you know i added levi fours just for fun i think the levi fours are honestly forgotten by a lot of people and they came out with three at the exact same time there was your blue levi denim there was your black levi denim and there was a white levi denim uh, maybe the white came out a little bit later um you know, shout out to Skate. Skate was like, you know, charging cats and, you know, uh, distressing them joints. And them joints was looking fire, doing cats was paying for it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to give the slight edge to the SB4 over Levi 4s. Um, I'm not a denim sneaker fan. And I will say, I don't think I really cared for them that much until I seen Skate distressing them joints. When I seen him distressing them, it was like, oh, these joints are even crazier. Um, so, you know, if you got to buy a sneaker and, you know, you got to pull out the Dremel, 
you know, in order to get that joint, you know, to look a certain way and be fire, then, you know, you got to give the edge to the, you know, the latter, you know. So I'm going to go SB4 over all three of the Levi's, you know, and that's to me. Now, look, I appreciate you sent through me through this rundown of Jordan 4s in comparison to the SB, SB4. I really do. Um, and like I said, Jordan 4 SBs aren't whack. If the plugs hit me up and say, I got you, I'm copping. But if the plugs don't, then I'm not copping. You know what I mean? I think these are going to be viewed like highly stout, like, oh, my gosh, yes. And I think at some point, you know, at least for a small period of time, you'll be able to grab a pair for 380 400 for a while. I'm not going to say it's going to stay there for a long time, but I, I have a strong feeling that this isn't the last Jordan 4 SB um, that's going to ever drop, and I don't think it – I honestly got a feeling that there's going to be one more this year. One or two more this year. I have a, a strong feeling about that. Um, do I know? No. But, like, some of the samples I have seen, um, and I think I think, I think think one is expected to drop another one this year. That's just me speculating and thinking based off things that I've seen and little information that I know, but I don't know. You know, I, I'm just doing a sneaker podcast. Like, what do you want from me? I don't got accurate information for you. I, I I just got opinions and things that I see on social media. Turn the page. Told you guys this may be a short episode. I have no idea how long I've been recording, but you know I appreciate those who like, subscribe, and share this podcast. So let's talk about Tom. You know Tom Sack, Sacks, whatever. Tom's Sacks on Zoom. Um, obviously this was. You know, when I talk about sneaker culture and sneakerheads, like we legit have our own world. Um, we put extreme emphasis on things that affect, you know, or have to do with sneaker culture. You know, we do, and that's how we should, and that's how it should be. Um, This Tom, Tom Sachs, you know, Sachs, I'm just say Sachs, you know, um, news that came out obviously is disturbing um, to a certain extent. Um, and I mean, like, you know, it's like disturbing news, like broken up into like different sectors. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, I, and I'm speaking for me personally. And honestly, you know, I know there's going to be some sneakerheads and cats that's going to hit me up and say, fam, how did you not know Tom Sachs? I had never heard of Tom Sachs until his Nike stuff started coming out, his windbreakers and NASA stuff and all that. I had never heard of him. And if I had heard of him, he was long gone out of my memory and mine. So anything that Tom Sachs does outside of Nike I have no interest in per se. Um, I didn't bother to research Tom Sachs when he first hit the sneakerhead culture scene. Um, so he essentially just doesn't mean anything to me besides when your next sneaker coming out. Um, so I could either critique or cop. Um, you know, 
I'm going to be really frank with you about this. When I heard the stuff, you know, about how he runs his business and how he treats his employees and he makes these comments and gestures and suggestions, allegedly, you know, how, you know, he's, you know, he runs a cult, you know, he believes in this cult following, you know, I seen the pictures of like a swastika, you know, and I guess a, a eating area or a kitchen, I guess at, the, the place, you know, and he's a, I guess he's Jewish. Um, you know, I heard about, you know, you know, how he calls specific like training rooms and stuff like that, like the rape room. And, you know, and then at some point he turned it into the consent room, like, you know, things like that, you know, how he makes women employees uncomfortable. Um, it's been, you know, alleged that he's got on zoom calls with Nike in his underwear, you know, um, you know how he talks to his employees, belittles, berates them, etc., etc., etc. Now, I'm not shooting Tom Sachs any bail here. Anything with regards and the use of words like rape and making women uncomfortable and things like that i am not for and against and you're a creep and a weirdo and you don't deserve the privilege to be around women or be around anybody um you know nobody deserves to be around somebody that makes them feel that way especially at a place you have to go to every day and and, and i'm going to share some stuff about myself as a you know manager boss whatever you want to call me you know um within my career um you know i talk about that a lot right now you know the one thing that i always tell people you know i and look the one thing i do appreciate about closet episodes is that i can get like a little bit more personal and i could kind of talk a little bit more and get like certain things out that i really can't in a room of like three four people at times um but you know, just to kind of talk about me in a professional setting with regards to like you know speaking on the tom sack situation um, you know, the one thing that I always tell people about, like how I run my areas and how I run my, you know, uh, my areas and, and things that I'm responsible for is that like, I don't want anybody to ever leave my job, like leave for the day and feel like a sigh of relief. And I don't want anybody coming to work with this incredible pressure and anxiety and these deep sighs and this like this this anguish because of like people they have to deal with situations they got to deal with and just generally not having the support of those of upper leadership okay um it sounds like he's the complete opposite you know now Here's the thing, and this could be attributed to a lot of psychological things. There could be a lot of things that could attribute for the reason for this. You know, it's said and listed a lot of employees that have worked there for uh, double-digit years. You know what I mean? Some out of fear, some with the aspirations of becoming artists themselves, and, you know, under the impression that they'll be able to learn from him, you know, get skills from him, you know, get introduced to the right people. Um, there are some people there who view it as, like, it's paying your dues, you know, Tom Sachs is, I guess, an artist. Okay, um, there's obviously a connotation and a, a a cloud over what that means when it comes to an artist. Whether you do actual, you know, you do dance, you do music, you do paintings, you do things that are described as being a creative, right? 
There's this connotation, this cloud about how these people act, how different they are, how their minds work. Um, and a lot of them do get a lot of passes and a lot of excuses are given to them based on the fact that they're viewed as somebody who thinks differently. And Kanye is one of those people that obviously comes to mind when you hear things like this and things about individuals who feel that they can get away with the things because they feel that there's something special. Um, you know, I, you know, let me tell you, so like, you know, before I was where I am right now, I worked for this company called Kobe Corp, right? Kobe Corp was like this company that was like, you know, they sort of developed this, um, this program where, um, they would come into your company, um, and they would introduce this system, you know, you would pay them. I'm, it was a grip these companies were paying. But it was like, you know, companies have this money that was sort of be viewed as like, you know, better ways to improve the company, um, self-help for employees, how to get the best out of your employees. All private companies, all government agencies, everybody has this additional funds that is allocated to doing things and providing a better you know, services and whatnot that are better the company to get people to work better. Okay. So these companies will come to us and I was the project manager at this company, right? Um, they would come to us and, you know, I'm not going to call it mumbo jumbo, but if you can get people to believe something, they'll buy it. So the company basically would go into the company and they would introduce this, uh, system that was started by the lady. I can't remember her name. I mean, her name was Last name was probably Colby, I think. Um, this older lady. And it was basically like you give this self-assessment test to your employees. And they take these tests and do these tasks. And they're generated these numbers. You know, um, these numbers will tell you what type of person you are. What type of worker you are. The best communication that works for you. So it was like you would take these tests and do these tasks. And it'd be like you're a five, four, three, seven. You know, a five could mean that you're a type A personality. A, a four could mean that you're a person that likes direct communication. You know, it would have these these numbers would mean these certain things. And you would have sort of like a, a guide that would say like, oh, you know. Hey, man, my first job out of college. OK. These companies will pay them thousands and thousands of dollars to come in and introduce this. And, you know, it was our job to hopefully get these people to adopt this way of thinking on how to hire, on how to get the best out of your employees. And people will legit walk around with these lanyards and it'll have their name on it like, hi, Joe Smith, I'm a 56437. And that would be like, hmm, and like people will look at it and try to, what type of person you are. Regardless of if it worked or not or whatnot, the environment in which the company was, it was sort of ironic, right? It was ironic because at work, it was tense, it was unnecessary pressure. It felt stuffy. You felt like you were walking on eggshells. But then our job was to go into companies and make them feel good and make them work a certain way. It was like this weird dynamic. 
It's like we would go into these companies and like, you can do anything you want. These tests will tell you how to get the best out of your employees to make your work environment the best it could be. If your company is down in sales, you can find out where to put people that work for you in the correct spots to maximize their efforts. And then we will leave there and, you know, pump these companies up with all this hype and make them feel good. And yeah, yeah. And then we come back to our job and it was miserable. Weird, right? I remember the owner. She knew not to mess with me. She tried me a few times, but she knew who to mess with. And, you know, and this is a sort of a lesson to those who listen to this podcast who aren't in a position of, a, you know, for lack of a better term, power or authority or leadership. If you haven't reached that yet as a goal, like that's a goal of yours to be a supervisor, to be a manager, to be a leader, a CEO, an admin or whatever. The one thing that you need to do is pay close attention to all the supervisors you've had in your life and you take the best things from them and you ignore the worst things from them. When you look at a supervisor or a manager that you have right now, you look at the things that he does wrong and does bad that you know are bad for your area, bad for your for the employees, and you say, mm, I will never do that. But the things they do good, I'm going to take that from him. And then when you go to a job interview and they say, hey, tell us about your supervisory, your manager experience, and you don't have any, if you don't have any yet, your best answer for a question like that will always be, well, you know, I don't have any of that ex direct experience right now, but, you know, the one thing that I've done to prepare myself for that opportunity is by paying close attention to the supervisors that I've had um, present and in the past. You know, one thing that I did was I always admired and sort of stole the good things that they provided to the employees and always said that when I get the opportunity to lead, I will use that as one of my arsenals in order to make sure that we function great as a as a uh, an area. And I also learned about the bad things they did and things that I said that I make sure that I would never do because I knew what it did to the dynamic of our employee, our staffs and whatnot. That's how you answer a question like that if you have no experience for that. This lady that I work for, I mean, was miserable, demeaning, and not to me. She knew better, but she was demeaning to her employees. She talked down to them. She legit called a lady stupid one time. Like, I almost lost it. You know, and I told and the lady she called that was my boss at the time. And I remember going into my boss's office and saying, I'm this close to losing on her. I do not like her talking to you this way. I don't even like to see you allow her talk to you that way. Now, this was a private company. I, you know, it's not, there's no federal regulation rules. There's no, you know, they create their own policy in Arizona. They can just fire you for firing you. I don't know how California works. I don't know how other states work, but in Arizona, if they say, you know what, you're out. They don't have to give you reason. They don't have to give you nothing. Okay. There are people that used to work there who used to just put up with it. Didn't phase them. It was like they were stuck. Like they felt like this is how work is supposed to be. I think in this sack situation, it's the same thing. I work in a building right now where certain areas, people have disliked it for so long and have been treated a certain way for so long that they think that's how all workplaces is. Like they're too, they're like, why leave? This is how everywhere works until they come work for me. And they're like, 
oh my God, I love you. Like I just got a text from one of my employees who says she just appreciates me so much for being, you know, who I am with regards to being leadership in my area. Uh, no joke. She just sent me that text message about an hour ago. When I heard the Tom Sachs news, you know what I said? This is rich people stuff. This is how rich people at a certain level who don't have a routine of something that they're really, you know, it's not like an athlete. An athlete is so routine that they, you have to be, you have to make time to be a, a, a to be a a-hole. You know what I mean? Like, you really got to put forth the effort to be an a-hole. And if you got time to be an a-hole, it leaks over into your craft. See, a lot of these people that are working for him, they feel stuck. They think that this is what it takes. They think this is paying dues. It's not. It's not. It's abuse. Now, here's the issue. It's his company. It's private. And there's no laws and regulations on how you treat people that work for you. Now, like I said, I'm not going to shoot any bail. I'm not going to, you know, do. Um, anything like that, I didn't hear any employees. I haven't read any articles or nothing about anybody complaining about, you know, not being paid enough, you know. Um, but there's a level of. This is where I have the issue with this. I'm trying to protect my words. I hate when situations like this come out so much later. Um, and I say this with regards to... Like, this wasn't just like one crazy hectic week. You know, Tom Sachs walking around in his underwear and making people uncomfortable and calling stuff the rape room. And, you know, this wasn't just one wild week at the Tom Sachs factory. This is a, a build of things. You know, I mean, it's a build of things that, like, should have been uh, hit head on immediately. Now, this is what sucks about situations like these when it comes to these privately owned companies. You have to go straight to the media you have to go straight to somebody, social media. You have to go straight to the public in order to get this type of information out. Because like I said, these privately owned companies, HR ain't going to do nothing for you. Zero. This is his company. Whatever his branch of HR is, they're dealing with the same things that you're going to go complain about. That's what sucks about these private companies. These companies, these managers, these bosses, these supervisors, these owners, they control their HR. If you're being treated a certain way in a private company, I'm pretty confident the HR is being treated the exact same way. They're doing everything to preserve their, their jobs as well. And if Mr. Sachs goes in there and says that Sue Ann is lying, he ain't never walked around in his underwear and did this. Even though HR knows you do, guess what? Sue Ann is out. They ain't going to have a chit-chat with Tom Sachs. Tom Sachs is the boss there. That's the man there. When you walk around using words like, you know, having a cult, you know, because you want people to speak a certain way. You know, they weren't allowed to say, 
I can't remember what the article said, but they had to say that they couldn't say that Tom Sachs did a performance. They had to say he did a demonstration. And if you use the word performance on accident, he would belittle you. He would just, you know, whatever, you know, he would give high, super high expensive, you know, gifts to certain employees. You know, that type of stuff, no joke, is a mental abuse. It's mental abuse. Because if you're an employee and you see, wow, he gave a Rolex watch to to Joe last week. You're going to be doing anything and in your power to get in that good grace. It becomes like a parent child relationship where it's like all you're doing is trying to please this one person who you know is is bad. This person is bad, but you want their approval so much because of where they stand in society based on their successes, on the work that they've done. You're willing to do anything for it, even disregard your own morals, ethics, your own self-respect, your own value and worth in yourself. That you're willing to just roll with the punches and you and you start training yourself to, you know, I'm paying my dues. It'd get better. Uh, if I work for another artist, he would act the exact same way. Oh, he's an artist. You know, he thinks a certain way. He's very eccentric. You start thinking that way and you start making that abuse and that, that mental and uh, that mental abuse part of your daily routine where it becomes, you don't even notice it. You see him mistreat someone else. You don't even feel anything anymore. I've seen it. I'm talking to you as Greg right now, the professional. I'm not talking to you as Greg, the sneaker podcaster. I'm talking to you as Greg, the professional. I've seen it. I've seen where people get mistreated so bad and it's become such a norm that the rest of the people that witness it, it doesn't bother them. They look at it as like, grow up, toughen up, suck it up, man up. That's how it's looked at. It really is. I've seen those work environments. I've always been appreciative of myself. It's okay to appreciate yourself and making sure you provide a culture and an environment, which I learned from my boss at the time, how to provide that. Two bosses before me. They provided an environment that made you feel good about going there. I worked for free. Where I work now, I worked for free every single Wednesday volunteered just so when they finally had an opening, they will remember me. That's how good of an environment it was. It is still is to this day. Um, I wish people would speak up a lot sooner. I do. I understand why they don't, you know, and if you're a person that's like, I don't get it. Like I would never, I'd slap a person. I still see people like that. Y'all wish Tom Sachs would walk in here in his underwear. I'd slap him. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Things that people like him get away with, I honestly, I'm like, that's rich people stuff. Like, I'm not saying all rich people. I'm just saying that it gets to the point with some of these people and, and, and artists, rich people, and this isn't the first case of this we've seen. I'm going to use Kanye and I'm going to use Ja as prime examples. It's where... You have developed such a high regard for yourself that you've transcended all decency. It's like earth is here and we're up here. Kanye said it best on Drink Champs. 
I can say anti-Semitic stuff and Adidas can't do nothing about it. He was so confident in his anti-Semitic banter that he felt that Adidas couldn't do nothing about it. Like he couldn't be touched. That's how confident he was in himself and his ability and his influence. Tom Sachs is the exact same person. They're so confident in their value of themselves, their value to others outside, their value to just being an artist and how they think that they feel that they're untouchable. This is my world. If you work for me, this is my world and you will deal with it. I'm not going to learn how to, to, to get to know you. You are going to get to know me. John Morant. I mean, shoot, John Morant's a superstar. And you turn on the TV and the radio, John Morant's a superstar. 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 The Grizzlies are coming. The Grizzlies are coming. John Morant's a superstar. Did you see this dunk? John Morant is crazy. Oh, my God, he's insane. He's next. He may be close thing to Michael Jordan. Oh, my God. You go on Twitter and social media, you see how many times people retweet. I mean, John Morant has the greatest missed dunks of all time, period. The greatest missed dunks of all time. You could create a highlight reel of missed dunks and still jump out of your seat. Facts. But shoot, man. You 23, you young, you in Memphis, you got money to blow, you got women, you know, throwing themselves at you. You get to be on the biggest stage. John Morant legit lives the dream of every single male boy at some point in his life. I want to be a professional athlete. My son is 23 years old. Same age as John Morant. I can't imagine how he would act in his situation. That's why I'm not really too mad at how John Morant is acting. It's the like the looseness of it that's bothering me. It's like John Morant gets caught with the gun. Hey, man, what the heck, bro? But John Morant flashing the gun on social media. Are you okay, fam? But see, once you, this, you, you've been surrounded by nothing but love and admiration to the highest extent, you feel you can't be touched. You're in my world. I can do whatever I want. I can have the burner on IG. I can get on a podcast and speak uh, ill against the Jewish community. I can go to work and make my make my employees feel like prisoners of my own mind and 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 have them lose their self respect. You feel like you can do anything you want. Tom Sachs should be slapped in half. But I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. There's a lot of workplaces like that. A lot of them. A ton of them. Some of you listening to this podcast right now may work at those. And I feel for you. I genuinely feel for you. There is nothing worse than when you get to the age of like, you know, what's funny is like I always talk about this. I always say, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, man, I, I hate school. I just want to grow up and go to work and make money. No, no, you don't. 
If there's anybody listening to this podcast that's 18 and under and you don't have a job, man, love every second. If there's anybody under the age of 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, as young as 12 who listens to this sneaker podcast, enjoy it. You are not ready for this. You're really not. It can be good. I am glad to say that I am in a great situation. I'm glad to say that I've built a great situation for other people in my career. Tom Sachs should be slapped in half. Now, sneakerheads. Well, you know, we got to talk about a sneaker. You have to talk about a sneaker and you have to talk about the relationship with him and Nike and where it goes from here. You have to ask yourself, is it okay to wear your Tom Sachs. Now. I'm 50-50 on it right now. Now you may say to yourself. Greg you stop wearing Yeezys. And stop buying Yeezys and all that because of him. The Kanye thing was a build up. We're talking years and years and years and years of Kanye stuff where you gave him a pass. <laughs> he just, he did strip in the day. And then he did something to get, all right, Kanye, relax. And then you, you gave him a pass. And then he did something else again. And you're like, all right, bro, like, chill out. Then he did something else again. And you're like, I'll just stop listening to his music, but I'll still wear Yeezys. Then it came, you know what I mean? You gave him too many passes. Now, I'm not giving Tom Sachs a path, a, a pass yet. Like I said, I'm 50-50 on it. I haven't seen or heard any reports of anything of, of any type of actual sexual assault or sexual harassment. I've heard him making people uncomfortable and stuff like that. I don't know to what extent, and maybe I haven't read enough on it yet, so don't hit me up like, bro, you're crazy. Um, a lot of this is a lot of mental abuse. Um, you know what I mean? And being in the position that I am with regards to leadership professionally, it's not uncommon to me. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that I could go outside and throw a rock and hit a company that somebody in there treats their employees the exact same way. It don't matter if it's that your local grocery store or your your skyscraper in New York City. It don't matter. There are some levels of that of type that physical, I mean, that mental abuse on all levels. So, you know, to that extent, because the thing with Tom Sachs is that it's a lot of employees there who, you know, or have... I don't want to say alternative alternative motives, but like they look to him to try to get some sort of mentorship and stuff like that because it's a creative space that they're all working in that they're a part of. They're probably introduced and doing things that like if they left and they just went to some other company that they may not be able to do. You know what I mean? I've seen his employees on social media, at events and things like that. You know, none of them look particularly too happy. But for all I know, Tom Sachs may tell them not to smile on social media. I have no idea. Um, I bought a pair of the Tom Sachs at all from the homie Blanc. I haven't picked them up yet, but I just bought them joints like two months ago, maybe three months ago. Um, I still haven't picked them up yet. 
And I'm like, God dang it, sacks. Like, I wanted to wear them joints. I'm not saying I'm not. Now, Kanye was a built up of things, though, and it was some outright, it was the blatantness of it. It was the looseness of it. It was like, you know what? You're questioning my intelligence. Like, you want me to think that you, what you're doing is right. That's what I have a problem with. Not saying that what Tom Sachs is, what is he doing isn't, what he's, what he's doing isn't right, isn't wrong. I'm not saying it's right, but it's not uncommon with regards to how employees are treated because essentially it's just like it's just like everybody was making a big deal about some of the um, uh, rolling loud performances. They were talking about Uzi and they were talking about Playboy Cardi and how it was like this weird, religious, satanic, you know, type stuff. And essentially a lot of people would just say, well, just turn it off. You don't got to listen to it. You didn't have to be there. You could turn it off, and essentially you could use that same logic with Tom Sachs employees. Just quit. You don't have to be here. You can go get another job. You can do that. So that's the one thing that I will say, but I understand why they don't. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know. Should Nike end the partnership? Um... I think what's most important about a lot of this is how he's with regards to the sexual innuendo slash, you know, harassment, uncomfortable things he's doing to his employees more than versus how he treats them as employees. Both suck, you know, but one to me is, you know, priority as far as a scale of worseness to me. Because like I said, I could go outside and throw a rock and hit a building of, of employees being mistreated by, you know, their company mentally. Um, should Nike discontinue their relationship? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. You can say that investigations and stuff need to be done. I don't know. Because Nike doesn't have the greatest track record of how they treat their employees. That's just facts. That, that, that's just facts. This isn't speculation. There have been allegations and things like that against Nike for many years. Sexual harassment, racism, um, you know, uh, sexism, ageism, you know, uh, child labor overseas. Nike's hands ain't clean. Now, in order to clean up your act, you kind of got to throw out the trash that you, you know, house. But I don't know. It's such a hard thing. You know, I was talking to a guy at work and he's like, I never, I don't drink Starbucks because they support Democrats. And I said, fam, you going to really deprive yourself of that mocha, mocha chip frappuccino because you think they have democratic ties. Fam, I don't know the company that makes my underwear. I don't know who they, they what side they go for. The company that makes my socks. I don't know who they, what side of the political line they go for. You know, the hairbrush I used this morning, I have no idea. The cologne I sprayed, I have no idea. So should I stop, you know, should I, you know, go over to the the other company, the coffee company? I don't know who they go for. 
And, and, and here's a secret. All big business go for both sides. They give money to both sides because guess what? One or the other is going to be in power and they're going to need them. So don't just think one company, they're all left. They're all right. Nope. They're straight down the money. You get a check. You get a check. Whenever you're in power, hey, would you mind? And whenever you're in power, hey, remember that check I gave you? Facts. I was there. I was in deep, you know what? Never mind. I think I'm going to have to revisit on whether or not, and I think I need more information and more news on whether or not we should never wear our Tom Sacks again. I don't know. My concerns is like how women were feeling uncomfortable. And I, like I said, with regards to the sexual in the window and stuff, how employees are treated. That sucks. I hate to hear it. And I hate to know that people are trapped like that, but they're not the only ones. It's a lot of things that need to be regulated and viewed. And, and some of these people need to be audited on how they treat their people. I'll tell you this. This is what I will tell you. There are a lot of companies out here with a lot of high turnover. There are people in my building areas. They have a lot of high turnover. I say this all the time. People think it's about the money. It's not. It's about how people are treated. I guarantee you go through some companies and you say, um, have you ever thought about leaving? And if they say yes, they say, was it because you wanted more money or because you hated um, the leadership here? I guarantee it will lean more towards the leadership side. Everybody wants more money, sure. But let me tell you something. The value of your mental health from being happy and and appreciative of where you work is way more valuable than an extra eight bucks. I know people that have left where I work. I mean, had it made freedom. No one's on their back. All that they left to go make an extra six bucks at Amazon warehouse, and and they hate it. Um, um y'all got any openings again? Nah, buddy. Sorry, I don't have high turnover. People love it here. I told you not to leave. That's neither here nor there. But like I said, should you wear your Tom Sachs anymore? I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to it. I really don't have the answer to it. I don't know. Uh, I want to say stop wearing them because of, you know, the thought of how women are being treated. And then I want to say, hey, I don't have the ins and outs of that. And I want to say, hey, that this is the, my first time hearing anything about Tom Sachs. I, Nike hands ain't clean either. No company hands are clean. So I don't know. That's a decision you're going to have to make for your own. Um, if I see people wearing them, would I view them differently like Yeezys? Nope. Uh, but I will go, they ain't got the Tom Sachs on. I look at Perry, I look at Yeezys now as a symbol of hate. Now, I'm partially joking, but I look at Yeezys like, mm. Mm -mm -mm. but that's just me uh complex you know i'll just talk about this real quick and i'll get out of here uh look you know i don't want to make this a you know this isn't a, a, po a complex hating podcast I, res I respect complex for everything that they've contributed to the community good or bad indifferent whatever it doesn't matter like I said, there are a lot of things that are part of sneaker culture that are good or bad. People like, don't like, accept, don't accept. All right. It's just part of the culture. It is what it is. And this isn't going to turn into a complex hating podcast. It's just things keep coming up. You know, this past weekend, you know, I saw people on Twitter. People were sending me stuff in the DMs. Shout out to the homies that are sending me stuff in the DMs, you know, of, 
you know, uh, content creators, influencers, if you will, who have been signed to Complex at some point for many, many years and were getting paid by Complex. You know, I think Hess Kicks was one of them, and he talked about how they would, you know, what it was was they were running ads on his page, you know, his content. You know what I mean? You got to pay for that. You know, people put ads on your stuff. They got to pay you for that. You know, you're especially somebody with a high following, high subscription, high subscribers and stuff like that on social media and stuff like that. And uh, YouTube, you know, companies got to pay you to put their ads on there and a, a hefty amount of money. Um, and it wasn't just him. I seen Tony D and a few other people and a couple young ladies and stuff who are complaining about how now they were longer being paid by complex. Look, <sighs> catch my breath. It just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, platforms and things like that and them showing their appreciation to you. Um, you know, it's it's like virtual virtual abuse, not sexual abuse. It's like virtual abuse, like virtual harassment. It's like they use you for your following and stuff in order to, like, boost themselves up. It's not uncommon. It's not an uncommon thing, so I'm not going to sit there and vilify complex for it. When I heard this news about these individuals, because I never heard this. I didn't know. I had no idea that these other outside people that like make their own content on Twitch and YouTube and social media have these large followings. I had no idea that they were part of Complex's umbrella of, you know, you get a check, you get a check. I had no idea. Never heard this. Only thing that it made me think of, and this is because this was one of the things that I absolutely hated, and I talked about it numerous times. This is the one thing that I always hated with regards to complex and, and, and content and sneaker stuff. If you've been paying these other individuals who create sneaker content and stuff like that, I don't understand why they don't have their content and stuff on your platform. I, I don't get it. Like, you have to really think about complex, right, in, 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 in this type of scope. If you just sitting in your chair right now, you sitting in your car driving or you're in your cubicle at your desk or in your office or you're on the bus or wherever you may be right now and you said, let me sit here and think about complex. And if I said to you, I want you to think about all the content creators on complex and think about the employees and people that you know of. I was at my desk today and I was like, I can only think of six people that work for Complex. I, honestly, feels like six people. I can only think of Trinidad James, Joe LaPuma, I can't think of his first name, Welty, and the mustache guy, Dunnin, Dunn, whatever his name is. Hot Ones, you know, the guy that serves hot wings, a celebrity and I, the light skinned guy who like interviews people. I can't think of his name. He's also the host on like uh, HBO Max's the fashion show. I can't think of what it's called. I think it's called hype or something like that. Um, six people. If you're paying outside content creators, how come complex sneaker podcast is the same people from full size run and includes one of the people who does sneaker shopping. So if Tony D is getting paid from a complex, how come he's not of a lot of the opportunity to now do sneaker shopping since Joe LaPuma is now on complex sneaker podcast? 
how come a uh, has kicks or the young lady or whomever else and tony d how come they can't do full size run since you guys now do the podcast like i i and then you know the other homies sent me the thing talking about how they were bragging on i guess the last the latest episode of full size run the one with macklemore about um basically having a monopoly on sneaker culture and they were on there bragging about it in a sense. And, and and that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not talking about me and George. I'm not talking about me. Of course, I would like the opportunity in some other facet or lane with a bigger uh, media um, conglomerate, you know, to talk sneakers or sports or current affairs or whatever. Of course. But I would also like to see others who've been in the game for a very long time get those opportunities because it gives other people hope that create content that you could be next. There's plenty of other podcasts that came before me. Sneakerbox podcast in Detroit. Look, actually, I really don't have no problem with him and never really did. It is what it is. But they came before us. If they were allotted opportunities to be on bigger media platforms to do what we all do and that's talk sneakers and stuff like that it would have gave me like the dang finally they they got an opportunity you know what another platform may be looking for an opportunity and they may reach out to us because that's how it works you see one one content one one content they're like hey let's start a uh a podcast and their competitors let's start a podcast you you see it all the time but the fact of knowing that there are other creators that are already being paid or have been paid by complex and they're not given the opportunity to, to really branch and be a part of these bigger platforms in a bigger sense is disheartening and it, it, it's 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 stupid and it's the definition of gatekeeping like, you pay Tony D and Hess Kicks. I ain't never seen them. I've never seen them host. Uh, now, look, I've only seen two episodes of Full Size Run. I've only listened to one episode of the Sneaker Podcast. And I've only watched maybe five or six sneaker shoppings. Sneaker shops or sneaker shopping or whatever. So I'm not going to be sit here and act like I'm enthralled and understand complex content and all that stuff. I'm not. All right. The biggest star of Full Size Run is their editor period in the set those are the two biggest stars the rest of the show is boring and corny to me if you take boring and corny off a show like that and put them on a podcast i can't imagine how boring they are on the podcast i can't imagine it none of them have personality zero that's neither here nor there now i'm just now i'm just being negative When you create content and stuff for such a long time, you hope to get the attention of these bigger platforms. You tag them, you add them, you converse, you do these things, all of the above. Hoping that one day they'll say, yo, we got an idea. We think you'd be great for it. Never does. That's why a lot of people quit making content because it's so much work for what your Maybe not your, you know, goal right off the bat, but it's something you're working towards. So when I found out that there are people that are like, yo, Complex isn't paying us, like, what? Wait a minute. 
you pay people and then you still have the same three people do every show? You go from sneaker shopping, see Joe LaPuma. You go to the podcast, you see Joe LaPuma. You see Mustache Man and Welty. Then you go to Full Size Run and you see Welty, Mustache Man, and Trinidad James. Then you go to this. And you, it's like, what? You refuse to give opportunities to other people. But you know what I mean? I get it. You ain't the first company to do it and you ain't the last company to do it. I get it. Like I said, you can put up all your fit pics. You can put up your pose. You can put on what you rock in the day. You can tag Nike. You can tag Complex, Nice Kicks, BR Kicks. You can tag every platform you could think of. You can't even get a like. And it's sad. You can't even get a, yo, appreciate you for rocking with us. It's sad. You can't even get a, you know, uh, a, a, a chit chat. You can't even get a reshare. It's sad. It really is. Unless you're somebody that they deem of value, they're not going to bother with you. You go look at a LeBron James post. All he says is, hi, guys. Complex is in the comments. Fire. Yo, what up, King James? All right, fam. I get it. Anyways, that's all I got today. I wanted to just give you guys something. I know this is late. I may not record next week. I may. I don't know. I'm on my own time right now, but that's the Sneak This Podcast. Pow, 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 pow.